All right, dog. Count us in whenever you're ready. All right. Three, two, one. You know, before I started listening to the Cal Park Bros podcast, I didn't have much success in the dating world. Now, after listening to every episode of the Cal Park Bros podcast, I still don't have much success in the dating world. But hey, at least I'm more well-informed. Let's get back to the Cal Park Bros podcast. To the Cal Park Bros podcast. I am your host, Terrence. With me, my co-host, Jason, calling in from the Batcave in Indianapolis. How are you, my good man? I am fantastic. The Batcave is doing well. Coming off of a long weekend from work with the holiday. I enjoyed every single day of it, so I can't complain. Uh, how about yourself, sir? Jason, I'm great. I'm feeling refreshed. Um, I'm feeling a little energized. I got a little more pep in my step now that... You know, I don't have to worry about it being 30 degrees outside. Um, it's getting closer to, you know, in the morning around 50 or 60 degrees. And uh, yeah, per usual Illinois standards, we're going to go from a week and a half of spring to full on summer. So feeling good, feeling great. That's awesome, man. Got to enjoy that Midwest weather, the unpredictability of it. So, yeah. The predictable unpredictability of it. Yes. Very, very true, Jason. Um, first thing I wanted to note, again, thank you for listening to the Cal Park Bros podcast. This is episode seven. Uh, we have gone international uh, for our new listeners in Germany and Ireland, whoever you are. Thank you for tuning in. We hope that you continue to listen. Um, and we feel that what we have to say may even apply to you uh, in your uh, area of the globe. So shout out to Germany and Ireland listeners. We, we appreciate you. Um, and what, welcome to the Cal Park Bros experience. We, we, we welcome you. Yeah, Terrence. I, yeah, I got to say, that was actually a pretty cool thing. I was logging into to the, the website and the show, and I saw we had listeners in other countries outside of the U.S. I was like, that is completely awesome. Yeah. Also, we can't see who exactly they were. Otherwise, I would definitely thank them. Um, you know, individually, but I did notice that they were the listeners from Germany came from the state of H called Hess, which is where Frankfurt, Germany 
uh, is located, which is the fifth largest country, uh, fifth largest city in Germany. And the person from Ireland or people from Ireland, um, not sure how to pronounce their state, but basically it's a state where Bel uh, Belfast is located. So, yeah. So seeing that, I, I got to tell you, it's pretty cool. And I got to tell you something else. Our goal now should be get listeners on all seven continents, including Antarctica. So that's our goal. Well, if Al Gore has anything to say about it and the environment and an inconvenient truth, <laughs> I'm sure we will have the opportunity to be there as well. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got another Jam Facts uh, episode planned for you guys. This is episode seven. Um, we're going to kick the show off with the ratchet reopening of the economy. People have lost their everlasting fucking minds as soon as we reopen the economy. Um, after uh, I say after COVID, but I really mean as restrictions have been lessened um, in your corner of the globe. It seems like people have definitely lost track of how to behave in certain scenarios. For example, all this crazy shit where um, fans at sporting events uh, have thrown things at players, have literally spat on players, have spat on other uh, attendees. Um, and it seems like ba basically the resocialization effort uh, is already off to a horrible start, uh, especially with some of the shenanigans that have happened in some NBA playoffs games so far. Um, Jason, what are your thoughts on this? So just from the aspect of the people I, I talk to in my personal life, I feel like this probably applies to the entire country, at least, that is that the two things that people were excited to start having back were sports and, and travel being able to do those things, even if not at a fully normal basis on a semi-normal basis. So of course, like you said, that a lot of places have restrictions now that fans can go to sporting events again, fans can get on planes again and travel, maybe with some restrictions or precautions, but still, still they can do that now. And that's happens to be where we have been seeing these, you know, examples of, as you say, unruly or ratchet behavior you know, since everything's been kind of starting to get lifted again. Uh, of course, like you mentioned in the sports aspect, we have seen a lot of these incidents happen at the NBA events during the playoffs, which of course, not to say that stuff like this didn't happen before the NBA playoffs this last week or so. But since obviously this is in the national eye, the, the playoffs, it's going to be seen a lot more. And you kind of hit on a few things. Uh, in regards to the incidents, but Russell Westbrook had popcorn dumped on him by a fan. Uh, Kyrie Irving, somebody threw a water bottle at him. And even as far as to say that a fan even spat at, I'm not sure if it, he got spat on, which which I think he did, but spat on or at Trey Young. And even had fans running on the court during games as well. And, and it is pretty ridiculous. But then also going even further about the travel piece of it, According to the FAA, they have reports of over approximately 2,500 reports of unruly passengers. And to go even further into that, they state that 1,900 of those or so were about people not complying with masking and other things like that and getting unruly because they're confronted by that. So, so again, going back to what I was saying before, not to say this stuff didn't happen before, but the FAA did say it seems to be a surge, as they put it, in these unruly behaviors. 
And obviously, you know, we're seeing what happened in the NBA now. And in regards to my opinion on it, as anyone might think, if you know me or heard the show, it's clearly completely ridiculous. Just from the sports side of it, I and you too, as growing up as sports fans, we are, you know, huge about watching games on TV, going to games as well. And I've been to several games, including NBA, MLB, NFL, and even NHL as well, in, in between college and professional. And just like anyone else, of course, I cheer, I boo, I yell, I scream, things like that. Uh, but I don't ever, and I've never even had the desire to get to the point where I'm trying to physically attack a fan, either you know with my hands or fists or anything, or even by throwing or dumping things on players. I, I think that's completely ridiculous, and I can't imagine the gall people have to actually do that. You know, I'm also we saw Russell Westbrook's reaction when he got got popped on. Pop, uh, popcorn dumped on him. He was ready to, to, you know, go attack the fan and fight him. You know, and of course we, you and I both remember Malice at the Palace back in the uh, day, which I believe was 2004, um, where players from, you know, NBA players actually, you know, somebody got a cup of beer thrown at them, and guess what? They went up in the stands and and they're in the stands punching in fans and everything like that, and whatnot. Fans on the court getting punched as well at that point, and. You would think after that, fans would maybe step back a little bit and realize that, hey, maybe we should stop doing this. We still yell and boo and stuff like that. But, you know, throwing things at fans, trying to get physical with – or throwing things at players, getting physical with players. I mean, come on. that That is absolutely ridiculous, and I can't fathom other than wanting to get attention, which could be explained why the guy ran, ran on the court. But how stupid is that? Is it really worth it? And we're going to, I'm going to go into that aspect of it later. But then also with the whole unruly fans or the unruly passengers on planes, that's probably even more beyond stupid because now you're trying to, you know, go somewhere in particular and you're probably up in the air. So it's limited things people can do, but you're causing a scene. And obviously, if anybody knows, you're on a federal type of, you know, structure you know it's federally federally regulated so obviously any type of stupid stuff you do up there that's criminally chargeable it's going to be a federal offense potentially so i think it's completely ridiculous again i'm going to talk about you know the results of what this type of behavior can do either in the sports world or on the the, the travel aspect of it but what do you think about it terrence jason i i think this shit is wild that after well over a year of not uh, for many of these people not to be able to even fucking go to a sporting event or not being able to uh, get on a plane to perhaps go to their preferred destination that um, these, these individuals are, are, are behaving so recklessly. Um, Especially with the history of the malice in the palace, which, oh, by the way, that was about 17 years ago. Um, the, the, punch, the punch heard around the world um, because it, what's fascinating to me is that, well, first off, thank fucking God they actually do check for guns when you go into a sporting arena because if you're fucking crazy enough to try and spit on somebody with a million fucking cameras on you. Think about it. If you're in a, in a situation in which there are literally 
hi, there's a 20,000 uh, seat arena. There are literally hundreds of fucking cameras there. And you're still going to do that shit? With the right firepower in your fucking hands, hell, you might do anything. Because you're, because you're that unhinged. Like, imagine if they... Imagine if it was not policy to check for firearms in a sporting arena. If you didn't have metal detectors, you'd have a fucking problem because we see how these people behave when they don't have a gun. Um, I think, well, first off, What's it looks like it's happening is that they, they basically end up suspending that person, not just from, for example, if it was a Atlanta Hawks game and it's the arena in Atlanta, it's not just Hawks games. No, no, no. You can't come to shit. And rightfully so. That's the one time we actually should start canceling motherfuckers. Because you've obviously shown that you don't know how to be around other people. I mean, they're all absurd. But the spitting one was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I I tell you what. So I think in many circles, whether you're male or female, if another individual spit on you or spat on you, I feel like that individual, myself included, I'm betting you would too, look at that as like the ultimate disrespect. And I also feel like that perhaps those people that did these things, pop, whether it's the popcorn guy, bottle guy, or the spitting guy, or even run on the court, I feel like they wouldn't do those things if they had any general fear for the consequences of, of their actions. Whether it be getting, excuse my language, whether it be getting their ass kicked you know, by anybody, whether it be a fellow fan, security, or the player themselves, or even or even the legal aspect of it. But let's talk about that as well. You mentioned the the guy that spit, you know, spat on Trey Young, and also the popcorn guy from Russell Westbrook. From some reports I have found on uh, news websites, those two fans have been banned for no particular arenas. You know, I'm sure banned for life. Now, how they enforce that? That may be a different subject. I don't. I don't know. But that's that's the result of their action. They can't go back to that arena anymore. Okay. In the case of the guy who threw the water bottle at Kyrie Irving, according to ABC News, and I'm gonna I'm gonna out him right now. His name is Cole Buckley, 21, charged with a felony assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, which, as I just said, is a felony. So this goes into what I was going to say is, is doing these things really worth it? And getting banned from an arena is one thing, which may or may not hurt the individual. I'm sure it might because I'm sure you're there to see your favorite team and now you can't go back. But now this guy who threw a bottle at Kyrie Irving for whatever reason, which doesn't really matter, now he's legally charged with a felony. And we'll presume that he may, let's say if he does get you know convicted of this, now you have now you're a convicted felon for throwing a water bottle at an NBA player, probably, again, for no really valid reason. Just because they used to play for your team and you didn't like them? How stupid is that? 
So, so yeah. And then, and then also too, perhaps even more stupid, I mentioned the travel aspects of this. The FAA mentioned that they dished out several fines to some of these unruly passengers of $15,000, $15,000. Now, I don't know how wealthy these people might've been, but I'm, I'm sure to the average person, $15,000 is a lot of money. And whether or not you have to get to pay that back over time, I agree, doesn't matter. But you basically got fined $15,000 for, according to the FAA, most cases, probably because you didn't want to comply with masking and you got unruly because of that. So, yeah, criminally, you know, ruining your personal life by not going to sporting events and now getting your pocket hit because you want to act like an idiot on a plane or throw stuff at players at a sporting arena. I mean, yeah, that's beyond stupid. So would I say that's worth it? Of course not. I'm, I bet these people will probably say the same thing. It really wasn't worth it because of what it's going to do to you. Losing money, losing out on you know entertainment options, and then messing you up criminally for the rest of your life now. So definitely not worth it. People need to stop and think before they do things, especially, especially if you're at a sporting arena. Take another sip of your beer, and probably if you're on an airplane, maybe doing the same thing. Take another sip of your beer, you know, whatever you're drinking, and relax because it's definitely it's not worth all this stuff. Yeah, I think the the first step is number one, outing these motherfuckers. Like, I hate when they try to protect the identity of the offender. Like, if 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 you've got video, they got the guy dead or a gal. I don't want to be sexist in this regard, non-binary or what have you. Basically, if you're being an asshole. At a sporting event, and the 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 individuals you literally paid money to see play, but you're literally going to behave like a fucking idiot and begin throwing uh, projectiles um, at at the at the entertainment as if they are not human beings, as if they are just uh, you know pieces on a fucking chessboard. Then yeah, the, the the first step is really, you know, put it in your fucking magnifying glass on those people because they've kind of already lived a life as though if they could do whack shit like this anonymously, you know, I guarantee you some asshole like that probably has a burner account or two on Facebook or Twitter where they've said all sorts of horrible shit about athletes that they don't like for whatever reason or members of the opposite sex potentially um so yeah we need to shine a light on that um the fact that i'm hearing that criminal charges are being pursued good same for the faa like if your dumbass can't handle you know, playing ball while there's, you know, hundreds of of lives in the balance on a fucking aircraft. Not to mention, your ass could have drove. You don't like the rules, you don't have to fly. That's the beauty of choice. 
I, I just disagree that I have to do that. Motherfucker, you knew what the game was when you, when you signed up for the shit. Don't get mad at Southwest. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I don't know. Again, you never know what's going on in somebody's life in regards to the FEA incidents to make them want to flip out. Is it just about, was it just about the masking and you were refused to do it or you have some other stuff going on to where you called all this stuff? I don't know. I, I know I've seen articles out there talking about people who are having struggles with readjusting to a post pandemic life or like we said earlier, just restrictions getting lifted. I, I, I'm not sure if people are having issues with that. But there are plenty of websites that help you. I'm sure plenty of resources that can help you with those adjustments. I mean, I found a, a pretty good one myself that, that had uh, four pretty basic tips to you know help yourself get through this stuff. Uh, I don't think I'm having issues with it, but for the show, I kind of looked into you know ways that might kind of help people. You know, and again, I, f- I found a website called VeryWellMind.com, but they gave four pretty basic tips that make sense that probably people could have been taken advantage of before you know all this uh, pandemic stuff was even happening. It's pretty simple. Tip one, prioritize your mental health. And you're having issues with that anyway, regardless of any restrictions, definitely seek help with that. We mentioned that in a previous episode. If you're having issues with that, seek help. It's out there. People are willing to help you with it. You know, whether it's somebody you know or somebody you don't, seek help and get it. And also, I think and I think this is a tip two is a big tip. People need to recognize that other people move at different paces, different directions. Just because it's a different pace, different direction than you, and I don't necessarily mean pace when it comes to you know speed or whatnot, or different directions you know, based on driving or anything. Just people need to recognize that not everyone's going to move and do things or say things the exact way you either do it yourself or the way you want them to, and you have to learn learn how to deal with that. You know, uh, doesn't give you just cause to flip out and start acting like an idiot on a plane, sporting event, or any aspect of your life. So people need to recognize that and they'll be just fine. Also, if you're going into a situation that, that you know is going to be, you know, cause you anxiety that you know ahead of time, maybe you want to ease your way into it instead of jumping feet first into it, making yourself a lot worse if you can't handle it, especially if you know you can't handle it. OK, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I just said with tip two, everyone's going to move at different paces in different directions. And, you know, and that's fine if you to work at your own pace, move your own direction, whatever. That's fine. And but tip four also is be careful about stifling yourself. Okay. Just because you know what situation is going to be anxious, whatnot, and you're kind of, you know, everything's opening back up and you're kind of anxious about stuff and not wanting to get out there, be careful about that. Nothing wrong with being careful, but still don't be afraid to live life, you know, just because you're scared about, about what might happen. So I think those are pretty good four pretty good tips about how to, you know, get back in this, you know pandemic life or post-pandemic life or life with restrictions lessened. But those are pretty good tips in general. So even once we move past all this stuff and the whole country gets back to the full opening, those four things I think are pretty good. That's just my opinion on how to cope with it. But Terrence, I don't know what you think about, but you know, why all this stuff's happening, what people can do about it. But that's just kind of my thought on that. Yeah. It's like people that they they get a gym membership and they literally, literally proceed to hog all the fucking equipment like they'll have their shit like a fucking towel a fucking pair of headphones some fucking uh, extra fucking hoodie on like three different apparatuses and i'm like bro you gotta like consolidate <laughs> but that's the problem 
is entitlement. You got people feeling entitled. They can just do whatever the fuck they want to do and say whatever the fuck they want to do in a shared space. Important. Shared space, which a plane is, which a basketball game is, or a sporting event, which your local community is. Listen, we we you got to have some 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 standard guidelines for how to conduct yourself. COVID and no COVID, and you hit it on the head. Motherfuckers got to learn how to hear hear a no and deal with it. You know. Yeah, it's um. You mentioned entitlement, and as soon as you said that, it made me automatically think to our conversation a couple episodes ago when we talked about Karen culture. Because I think that goes a lot into it too. People feel entitled to a certain thing or a certain service or a certain action. So when they don't get it, then that's what they turn into. I'm going to lose my mind and turn into a total idiot over something that's really not even that important or even that serious. You know, um, do you really need to throw something at this player? No, but because I, you know, because that player might have done something I didn't like. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to spit on him or whatever, you know, or if I'm on an airplane, I don't want to put my mask on. I don't feel like it. And I don't think I should have to, even though, like you just said, I knew I was going to have to as soon as I, before I even got to the airport, I'm still going to act like an idiot about it and call the scene and, you know, do some things that I shouldn't have to do. But there's definitely no reason that people, and I know this happened. There's no reason that you should be on airplanes, punching flight attendants in the face, causing them to lose any of their teeth. Now, now, obviously, some of these details of the story, I don't know in regards to if there's anything involved when it comes to comes to that. But I have seen videos of other incidents involved, and if they're anything like that one, there's no reason to start throwing punches at somebody, provided they're not throwing punches back at you or getting physical with you, you know. But, but yeah, if you're on an airplane, sporting arena, you know, restaurant, anywhere in public, just because somebody it doesn't well isn't willing to do something that you want them to do, whether it's because of a COVID restriction, COVID restriction, or anything else, like I always say, that's become and it seems to be becoming one other catchphrase. Throw it on, throw it in there with you know willy nilly and in the hopper. But like I always say, take another sip of your beer and relax. Okay, that's all you got to do. Sip your beer, sit down, relax. I promise you. You'll be good. And I'm done. Sage advice for my good man, Jason. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll button up that segment on that. Coming up next, we're going to talk about lies, damn lies, and sports stats. Coming up on Cal Park Bros. Popping my own collar. I've listened to all six episodes. And in spite of it all, I love you guys.
Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. Terrence and Jason, we are done. And, and frankly, we're fed up with uh, uh, people misbehaving as, uh, as uh, we are reopening the economy. Um, I say I talk about the economy as if, as if it's an actual fucking place. It's kind of like that uh, Dave Chappelle bit where he, uh, uh, the Dave Chappelle sketch where he mentions, well, what if the internet really was a place? That's kind of the way we talk about the economy here on Cal Park Bros. So this segment, we're going to talk about lies, damn lies, and sports statistics. Jason, there has been a shit ton of inflation with regard to um, stats. For example, Major League Baseball's had something absurd like six or seven no hitters already it's fucking june ridiculous uh the nba has a new standard for triple doubles um in a single season um uh thanks to um one russell westbrook um and frankly a lot of people feel like well shit because in some ways, these stats um, are so easy to come by now. In some ways, people, some people feel that they're kind of cheap now. What do you think about that? So, yeah, basically the original kind of thought behind this topic was, are no-hitters and triple-doubles basically devalued? Um, just to answer that question, I'd have to say yes. I'd have to say so. Now, when I, when I say that, of course, they still have value when it comes to when it comes to no hitters. At least, if a pitcher throws a no hitter, of course that has value because likely your team is going to be winning winning that game. So it has value to the team. Of course, it's going to have value to the player throwing the no hitter because you're at the top level of your sport and you just made you know a fantastic feat. So it's going to have value to that individual as well. Same thing as a fan. If if a player from my team, the White Sox, threw a new, uh, threw a no hitter. That's going to have value to me because I'm like, okay, look at the White Sox throwing no hitters, you know. So, so in those three aspects, it's going to have value. When it comes to the general excitement they used to bring to the to the sports world or the baseball world, I had to say, overall, probably doesn't have as much value anymore because, like, oh, like you mentioned, this season alone, and we only just started the third month, we've already had six no hitters, six, and. That's a lot. So from that aspect, and again, none of them from the, or from the White Sox. So when I hear one, it's like, oh, okay. Once I hear the next five, and I'm, I'm thinking you might agree, that it's like, eh, oh, another no-hitter. Yay, what do you do? So again, so they divided in that, uh, in that sense. But just to kind of put some numbers just on no-hitters, and we'll move into triple-doubles in a second, and maybe why some of that stuff actually happens. But just a general line here. So in the, in the 2000s decade, 2000s, there were 14, only 14. And in the 2010s, there were 34. Okay. Now, so far in the 2020 decades, which would include 2020 and then 2021 so far, and to keep this in mind that the 2020 season was only two months because of the shortness because of COVID. And also, like I mentioned earlier, we've only had two full months of this season. So in those four months of this season and that season combined, we've already had a total of eight no-hitters already, eight. Just in those four months of this one, of this one period of decades, we already had eight no-hitters already. 
And so when it comes to no hitters, we're thinking it's the, 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 this era of guys going up trying to hit home runs and, and, and that, and that's it. So batting averages has also gone down as well. In those same time frames, the batting averages went from 265 in the 2000s to 241 so far in this current decade. So almost a 20, uh, almost a 25 uh, percentage drop in batting average. Now that same token, home run rates have actually gone up amazingly. Just for example, uh, and let me, let me find the stat here. In the 2014 season, there was a 0.86 home run rate per team per game versus 1.39 home runs per team per game in 2019. Okay. And then also combine that with the theory of the strikeout rate has also gone up. It was 17% in the 2000s and 23%, so excuse me, almost 24% so far in this current decade. So, so again, you know, the era just we're in now, it's just, you know, conducive to throwing no hitters. And pretty much you can fast forward that same thing to the triple-double argument as well. Um, as you mentioned, Russell Westbrook, uh, he is now the all-time leader in triple-doubles, took over that long-standing record by Oscar Robertson. But so just some numbers on that real quick, if you don't mind, sir. Basically, the right now, of the all-time top 20 in triple doubles, nine of those players are current players, cur players currently playing in the NBA. The league's been around for, for over 50 years, I think pushing 75 years at this point, but yet the top 20 all-time in triple doubles, nine players. And also, Terrence and I were both born in, in 1980. Of, of all the players in that top 20, 15 of them are from players who are playing during our current lifetime. So that's just one aspect of that as well. And then also another cool thing, Luka, Don, uh, Luka Doncic, current player on the Dallas Mavericks, one of the best players in the league. He's only been in the, in the league for three years. He just finished his third regular season. He's playing in the playoffs and doing well. Again, three seasons, he's already in the top 11 all time for triple doubles. Next season, he'll move in the into the top 10. Again, only three three years in the league, he's already in the top 11 for triple doubles. So it's, it's, it's crazy. But I think it's, if both situations with the increase in no-hitters and triple doubles, it's all based off the, the style of error. I already talked about the Major League Baseball. When it comes to the NBA, we're in this new style, new era when it's all about scoring. I think the, a lot of the rule changes have kind of helped with that when it comes to, you know, not being able to play as hard of defense without having to get fouled so people don't play as hard on defense in regards to the style-wise. So it's going to aid in scoring. It's going to aid in people getting assists and, in a way, getting rebounds as well. Russell Westbrook is a point guard. He's a 6'2", 6'3", point guard. But yet he averages 10 rebounds a game. Go figure. There are certain centers in the league that average 10 assists a game. You know, So I, I think the increase in all those no-hitters, triple-doubles, and probably other stat lines as well – it's just basically the style of sports that we're in right now. It's just, you know, increased scoring. That's what it's all about, increased offense, because that's what people want to see. So what do you think, Terrence? Yeah, I think you hit, you hit on a good point, which is uh, you, you, you mentioned the style, but I really, what I really thought about was not only the style, but also um, something that I desire out of most point, uh, sports, which is uh, the speed of play, you know, especially with baseball. You know, the average fan, um, the average individual 
with discretionary income to actually put towards, uh, you know, enjoying a sport like baseball doesn't have four to five fucking hours, um, two to three games out of a week to allocate towards that. So that's why you see some of these initiatives to speed the game up, um, for better or for worse. I think MLB is a little trickier because it's abundantly clear that between general umpire fuckery and the strikeout rate, players aren't really hitting for, you know, uh, getting on base anymore. It's, it is feast or famine. Uh, my team, the Cubs know this firsthand. Um, it, you're either going to win these games eight to two or your ass is going to get um, dive bomb three to nothing. So there is very little middle ground with regards to major league baseball and hitting. Um, and I do feel in some ways that has undermined the no hitter because that is absolutely making it easier to get one. In my opinion. Now, with regard to stats in the National Basketball Association, um, I do think I have a little bit more of a nuanced perspective on that just because never before in the history of the NBA do we have so many stretch fours that are literally jacking up 30-footer fucking three-pointers. Like, Luka's not Steph Curry, but... God damn. The the idea that you would have somebody, you know, a seven footer doing that in the year of our Lord 2021, 40 years ago, is unheard of. Um the the old school post player, as we know and love it, I mean, hell, Embiid's probably the closest thing to it. And look at how many threes he shoots. Um, but personally, I'm grateful for the evolution and the style, especially from a speed perspective, because to me, the worst thing that ever happened to the league, you know, people love talking about, oh, man, the 90s, that was the greatest era of basketball. I'm like, yeah, maybe, because if you're a Jordan fan, if you're a Bulls fan, yeah, it was the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. But if I was a Knicks fan, I, it, uh, I don't think I could objectively say, oh, this was great. Like, nothing is great about barely scoring, scoring fucking 70 points. Fuck that. I don't think that's objectively good basketball. I don't think that's objectively good defense. Those motherfuckers couldn't shoot. <laughs> so, <clears throat> you mentioned length of games when it comes to and I want to say Terrence isn't the only one that makes this this point when it comes to the length of MLB games being just way too long. Terrence, if I were to ask you how long is the average MLB game, what would you say? Uh, I'd probably say a shade under three hours. You're actually absolutely correct. If I would ask you what's the length of an average NBA game, what would you say? Uh, I'd probably say the same, shade under three hours. So why is it different for MLB than as NBA when it comes to you, your perception of MLB being so much slower when they're the same length of actual game length? Uh, because w one sport has an infinitely easier job hiding how much time it takes to actually get a game in. 
How so? Well, for one, one of them has a clock and the other one doesn't. Basketball, bas- basketball, uh, uh, b- basketball is always going to have X amount of halves, X amount of quarters. It's telling you at all times, here's how much time is on the fucking clock, whether it's a possession or not. So you think it's more of a, a mental game then because because even as of right now, the Major League Baseball doesn't have a clock yet. I'm not sure where they are that process. I know the minor leagues some years ago were testing that out in regards to like a pitch clock and other aspects of the game. Um, again, it hasn't got the Major League level yet, but maybe it will, maybe it won't. But do you think the fact that the MLB game seems seems longer, like you say, is really just mental? Because I feel like as far as actual stoppages in play, I think th- I, I think it's pretty obvious too because of the clock that there's more stoppages in play with the NBA than there is w- with MLB in regards to stopping the action. We'll say. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that because. Think about the built-in lead time that is necessary if you have to warm up a pitcher, for example. Fair enough, but now obviously, you know, they're not for the most of that. Of that, they're not going to show that live. They're going to be on a commercial break, right? So I don't think that affects things. If they're showing the entirety of somebody warming up and coming from the bullpen, yeah, that would be horrible. TV ratings, which is why they don't show it in the first place. They, they go to commercial. They might cut back into the MLB game on the last few warm-up pitches to tell you who the guy is, and then, boom, the game's starting again. So, um, well, I don't want to go too much in that, into that, but I, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. because I know, do have one, one thing, too. Yeah. Another thing that makes, I think, and again, we're talking averages here, but another thing that's going to make for a longer uh, game, absolutely, is number, you know, uh, if a pitcher goes, let's say, seven, eight, nine innings, pitch count, you know, you can effectively link artificially lengthen the game if you happen to have uh, a lot of foul, foul, foul balls, for example. Well, yeah, that may make the game longer, but as I mentioned earlier, it's not making the game longer than the NBA. So, I mean, three hours or three hours, and I think the NFL is right about the same time frame as well. So, but, but again, you know, now obviously I'm not ignorant to ignorant enough to think that or say that, you know, the pace, the pace of play or style of play when it comes to how the game is run the clock versus no clock. I'm sure I, I definitely agree. That's a factor, but I, yeah, I just don't agree that the MLB is hurting because of that. In regards to ratings, now what I what I do think the difference is, I think it's level of interest and excitement from a young age. Kids, well, certain kids are not getting put into baseball in regards to being interest level as opposed to getting into basketball and you know football marketability. You know, there's bigger stars and names and brands in the NBA. Players like LeBron, Harden, Westbrook, Durant. Or in the NFL, quarterback here, quarterback there, running back, wide receiver, whoever it may be. Even though you can't see their faces on on the field because of their helmets, they're still more marketable than baseball players. I think that's what the issue really is when it comes to what's hurting baseball. But 
in addition to what's probably hurting baseball as well is kind of what we're saying, just the style of play when it comes to I'm going to go up and try to hit, hit home runs and I don't care if I strike out and that's going to be it. Uh, again, I, I, I'm a diehard baseball fan. Everybody knows that that's my favorite sport. Probably will never change. And I, I'm really big on batting average and I'm used to the whole three, you got to be 300 hitter or close to that to be considered good. But now that's not necessarily the case. You know, you can be that 230, 240 hitter, but was, and you can strike out 200 times, but as long as you're bringing home those 30, 40 home runs, we don't care. And I, I think really that, I think that's what's really hurting baseball because I think that detracts from the level of excitement. If I'm a, if I'm a kid trying to get into baseball and I see a guy striking out, striking out, striking out without putting too much, you know, balls into play, then that's not going to be interesting. I know people love home runs. I know chicks dig the long ball. I get that. But even though home run rates are increasing, you can go, well, depending on what team you're watching, you can go certain games without seeing any home runs. And even though to the to, to diehard baseball fans like me, that's exciting. You know, as long as they're seeing runs scored, no matter how they're scored, that's all I care about, people hitting the ball. Like the White Sox were leading the league in home runs last year, even though it was a shortened season, and it did, did pretty well the year before. This year they're not, not even very close to that, but they're hitting the ball. They're scoring runs. That's all I really care about, scoring runs. That's exciting to me. But that isn't to everybody, to the casual fan. They want to see the long ball, not people striking out all the time. So um, there's definitely more excitement, I think, that goes involved with the NBA and even the NFL. Um, I think that's what's really hurting the game the most is the lack of action when it comes to MLB. Not necessarily there's nothing happening, per se, when it comes to you know action versus inaction. Like like the whole clock thing, I, I should say, but but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying, Terrence. Jason, I and I totally get where you're coming from, and and I didn't want to get into a a pissing contest about well, this sport is preferred because in ratings because of this. Um, even though baseball was definitely not my forte as a child, um, I still enjoy the game. Um, and my opinion regarding speed of play and style of play um, is not uh, specifically uh, aimed at MLB. I felt the same way about the NHL. I remember when people got all pissy that there were a lot more five to four games. Personally, it's the best fucking thing that ever happened in hockey. Agreed. You know, that is the equivalent of the uh, McGuire, McGuire and Sosa era for baseball. Once once the, the powers that be for the NHL figure out a way, man, we got to get scoring up. Nobody wants to fucking see a one to nothing game. You know, it's one of the biggest uh, uh, Eddie Belfour f- fans of all time, you know. And uh, I get it. I like defense. I love offense. And so is the rest of the fucking universe. So got to get with the program. I do maintain that the real reason that MLB in some ways has been uh, saddled um, and kind of like fighting with one hand behind its back is that when you look at most sports, they take the majority of the, uh, of the people that make that sport up, they try to use those individuals to recruit to say, hey, we want to get the next uh, Mike Trout. 
the next Albert Pujols. Another issue baseball has is because of all of this unwritten rule book bullshit that in a weird way, they squelch out the voices of their up-and-coming stars. It's fucking weird. It's almost like, hey, this person is 21, 22 years old, and you have all these get-off-my-lawn motherfuckers basically trying to tell this person, oh, well, we don't, we don't embrace you here. We don't like the way you play the game. This person doesn't play the game the right way. You know, and, and again, this may be the diehard baseball guy in me, but I, I really get so sick of people talking about the unwritten rules of base, the quote unquote unwritten rules of baseball ruining the game. And in all seriousness, there really isn't that many unwritten rules of baseball, again, quotations, because again, they're quote unquote unwritten. But there really isn't. I mean, I, I, I know, I don't know if we wanted to go do, too deep into this, but you know, you hit my trigger button when you said this that. But again, there's not really that many unwritten rules of baseball, and it really has nothing to do with keeping, you know, young guys off the lawns and things like that. It has nothing to do with that. I know people want to see Tony La Russa. I know he's been the guy in the in the news media about it, but you know, yeah, I, I think people need to well again, relax, sip of the beer, and calm down. Like you, there's not unwritten rules of baseball ruining things it's not even that serious so unless you want to expound on what 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 you're talking about yeah then they're not there people need to relax including you and it's not ruining the game because and i say this again like you said though you're not even that much into the game in the first place it's not your cup of tea when it comes to the hierarchy of the sports you like which is fine i get it but but yeah it's not ruining anything I'm going to say this, and I would hope it's not going to apply to you, but people need to stop watching these news stories about whoever talking about the unwritten rules of ruining stuff because it's really not. I mean, I mean, Tony LaRusso's own player, apparently. He got all pissy about it because... Pissy about what exactly? Tell me. Oh, because the, the guy hit a home run, um, and they were already up big in that game. And you think that's a thing exclusive to baseball? I think there's something unique to it. If one of my own players, um, basically, I'm undermining them in public over it. So that's the, so. Hang on now. That no, that's a separate issue. That has nothing to do with unwritten rules of baseball. Because I could say in any other sport, people would have issues with you running up the score. People said it all the time about the Patriots when they were at the height of their day with Tom Brady. Bill Belichick didn't care. He would run up the score on you, even though he's already winning. So what's the difference in that specifically? And why is baseball getting, or Tony Russo, whoever, why are they getting denigrated by it? But yet it happens in other sports too. Well, you know, I feel like you just tried to pull a, uh, a, uh, a Boston, Boston basically – doesn't get to be called out for its racism because it's basically the citizens of Boston would basically say, well, it's just, it's just as bad here as it is anywhere else. Terrence, you always seem to uncover like other topics we can talk about racism in Boston and Boston sports. That's that definitely a whole other realm for sure. We can bring that up yeah. Here, yeah. On a, here on a future episode of Cal Park bros. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. Boston, yeah. You, you basically pulled a, 
why we got to why we got to bring up old shit, even though it literally happened like three weeks ago um, for your favorite team, which is fine. I would say the same thing would be fucking stupid if David Ross said it about a cub, by the way. Um, I'm not trying to pick on the White Sox. I'm actually very impressed with what they've accomplished this year so far. It's just the fact that you have a manager that is practically fucking 75 uh, and trying to squelch um, one of the younger uh, players and minds and voices on his team about the way that the game should be played. And then you see uh, teammates of this player come to his defense. And I say his as in the player, not the manager. Um, It's just very odd. First of all, let's let's clear this up real quick. So the issue when it comes to, you know, when the White Sox are winning big and the, the issue with the, um, your meme, uh, Mercedes. Um, but what it was is it was a 3-0 count. In other words, it was three balls, zero strikes. And Mercedes decided to swing at the pitch. That's not has nothing to do with an unwritten rule at all, as I've explained to several people before. That's just a, a strategy of the game that, that – Makes sense. It's not an unwritten rule. The, the strategy is if he's taking the taking the up up big part out of it. The strategy is if you're up 3-0, obviously that pitcher is having tr- trouble throwing sp- uh, strikes. So why are you swinging at a 3-0 pitch when he could probably throw another ball either between now and the next pitch and the next two pitches after that to walk you? Because if you swing at that 3-0 pitch and hit a, a pop fly, you just basically bail that pitcher out. So it has nothing to do with an unwritten rule. That's just a basic strategy game of baseball that makes complete sense. Now, of course, there are certain guys on certain teams that, that get the green light at 3-0 no matter what because they're that great of hitters. But that didn't apply here. But then you add in the fact that, yeah, they're up big as well. And, again, that just has to go going into running up the score. And as I said before, forget taking the Patriots out of it. That gets any sport, any team, whatever. This has come up before, so I'm not sure why it's exclusive now to baseball or the White Sox or Tony Russo in particular. People are freaking out about the unwritten rules, man. Again, we had no intention of talking about talking about this, people. But Terrence, once again, hit my trigger, he, and he knows it. And that's how we go off on this tangent. So here you go. That's what I do. I push buttons. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate the fact that you tried to all sports matter the fuck out of this thing. That was amazing. <laughs> Hashtag that, all sports matter. Yeah. Yeah, Jason literally tried to say, hey, man, why you got to be bringing up all of that old shit? It was great. So when we say all sports matter, do we include Russian slap fighting too? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I definitely, definitely. Well, we have to talk about that on a certain segment sometimes. So Russian slap fighting, we'll bring that to you in episode ten, people. Yep. All right, that concludes the sports stats segment. And coming up next, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, staffing shortages. Uh, that are still, uh, frankly, plaguing the economy on the next segment of Cal Park Bros. Another long segment, but I think we'll be okay. We're just kind of free free balling it right now. Relax. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you know where I was going to go with that one. <laughs> I, I think you, I think you know where I already took it. So this is true. All right, man. Let's close right. up strong. Cool. Welcome back to the Cal Park Bros podcast. Jason and I cooled off for basically talking fucking math for about 30 minutes um, to talk about Frank, something that frankly is going to affect not only people's summer, but also people's fall. And that is a lot of these staffing shortages that we keep hearing about. Um, Jason, you and I are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram nearly every fucking day. And every time I turn around, hell, every time I drive somewhere, all I can see, now hiring. Why do you think, uh, as we're about to, re- uh, as we are, have already started to reopen the economy, that we are still having so many issues with these uh, places uh, being able to find uh um, and for lack of a better term, good help. Good help is hard to find more now than ever. Why is that? Well, you definitely uh, hit something that I agree with. You know, whenever I drive around um, here in Indianapolis or even when I go out of town visiting uh, family or friends or just, you know, in general, like you said, you always see places hiring, now hiring for this position, now hiring for this shift, you know, need help, help wanted, whatever it may be. And, just from what I've noticed, and again, just from me driving around here in my town and others, it seems to be certain industries looking for that help. And particularly from what I've seen, it's like the nursing or medical industry, retail, transportation, hospitality, when it comes to like food service, hotels, restaurants, things like that. And just kind of in general, some of the ideas as to why you know, I'm figuring out why is this? Why are these the certain industries that are looking for help? And from what I've kind of sussed out, again, you know, not looking at it from any, you know, sort of like numbers kind of thing, but just from what I've been told from people, you know, who currently aren't working and people who work in the industry, is that basically some possible causes of this are like fear of COVID when it comes to people not wanting to get it and be exposed to it potentially. Uh, also, for a long time, people have been getting extra benefits to when it comes to them being on unemployment. You know, and by that I mean they get their regular amount of unemployment that their state would normally offer, but then they get that federal unemployment assistance that they get through the state that gives them that additional extra amount. So they're getting more money to be on unemployment. And then also, I mentioned with a lot of these industries, industries I mentioned, like the medical industry like nursing, things like that, also hospitality, retail, transportation, or food service, is dealing with the public. And and, I, and and with all the videos we've seen online of people kind of going overboard when it comes to 
you know, customers in the customer service industry, people don't want to deal with that. They feel like it's not worth it. They want to put up with the stress, the energy. They just don't want to deal with people in general, let alone, you know, unruly people like we talked about before, you know. Um, and then also, too, if someone is unemployed, whether they're getting unemployed or not, they're taking the opportunity to seek out, you know, career paths that they actually choose and want to enjoy. So they may not look to work at, you know, McDonald's. They may not choose to work at the whole, uh, the, the Holiday Inn or something like that. They may not want to be a bus driver or truck driver. They might, may not want to deal with, you know, the nursing industry and stuff like that. So, so I think those are kind of four big reasons as to why certain industries, like the ones I mentioned, may be, be having trouble getting people to do them. So uh, we can definitely expound more on that. But what do you think, Terrence? I think you hit on something uh, pretty relevant, Jason, which is, have you met the public? Unfortunately, I have. I mean, I think about certain uh, sectors. For example, I know for a fact there was a, there was, hell, there is a, a national bus driver shortage right now. Um, and part of that is because uh, of, of COVID um, and and with the uh, condition that schools were left in having to be some variant of remote or some variant of in-person and some variant of in-between hybrid. So I know for a fact that schools um, definitely will have um, a dire need for things like bus drivers. Um, in some cases, um, prepare professionals, for example, you know, your support staff for teachers, um, think about how the public has been treating people in the service industry. Um, you know, professions that we, 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 we try to, you know, prop up in, um, in our society, like, oh, well, this is honor, an honorable profession. And yet many of the quote unquote customers are not being honorable towards them. I mean, hell. Think about how many times we've seen someone at, at a quick service restaurant um, be, uh, you know, really disrespectful and not, not treat uh, employees with dignity. So I think about those certain industries, hospitality. Um, and I want to be clear. If you're going to try and shame someone because a once in a lifetime pandemic has them in a position where they're actually getting an additional $300 or what have you because of the COVID relief bill. It is not, it is not up to them to, to effectively be shamed out of trying to, you know, improve themselves in the middle of the situation just because you want them to work for some bullshit. Like some of these uh, prospective employers are going to have to get really creative with compensation packages, because the way I look at it, if you want to hire and retain uh, quality employees, then it behooves you to offer up competitive compensation from the get-go. Don't get mad at, because Uncle Sam is trying to kind of bridge the gap. So it really is going to be um, important that employers come up with, you know, 
probably probably more competitive compensation than they have in the past because the 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 old school bullshit that they probably would have put out there a year and a half ago probably is not going to capture as much um, interest as they would a, a year and a half ago. So that's something to think about. Uh, you think about why would someone want to be a bus driver? Um, I'm looking at a quote here um, from this is from a bus driver company owner in where is this? Here we go. School transportation news. This is Joe Burnett. He says, for the first time in the history of our company, or certainly since I've been here in 1987, we know the day is going to come where we have to say no. Schools are going to call and say that game has supposed to be played on Monday night is now on Thursday night. Do you have a bus? We have a bus, but we have no driver. And for the first time, it's actually going to happen. We had to refuse a school, and it's never happened in my tenure of being here. Now, he also mentioned, we don't have retention issues, Burnett said. We lose people to reasonable situations. It's not because we just lose them. We don't have retention issues. We have issues getting people to consider the industry in the first place. If they see this laundry list of stuff that we're doing for them, they might want to consider it more. He said incentives include a signing bonus, paid training, retirement plan, referral bonus, safe driving bonus, attendance bonus, daycare assistance, and other perks. Sounds like our, our friend Mr. Burnett here is trying to come up with a plan to actually make sure his roster of employees is going to be good to go come the fall. I think that might be a way forward for a lot of companies during the summer and in the fall as well. Yeah, I mean, that basically sums up my next thing I was going uh, to go into. So I mentioned the four reasons why I think people are staying away from certain industries. I think, like you just mentioned, the biggest one is, or at least was, that if you were somebody drawing unemployment, you're not getting that extra 300 bucks a, a week. And which for most states, at least here in Indiana, that's going to take you above 600 bucks a week to be unemployed, right? And so basically what that means is that if I'm going, if I'm an individual, whether I have a family or not, if I'm going to stop getting this unemployment by going back to work, it's basically going to have to be worth it. Whether it be for compensation reasons, better career move, whatever it may be. Now, it's going to be interesting to see how stuff changes now that certain states are getting rid of that extra federal, you know, uh, extra federal assistance for their unemployment. And it goes back to just, you know, again, most states around 300 bucks a week. So it's going to be interesting to see how certain people's uh, perspectives changed to, okay, now I was only getting, I'm getting 600 bucks a week, but now I'm getting only 300. So like, hmm, maybe now I might consider going to work at this fast food joint only making nine, 10 bucks an hour. Cause now I need to do it because it's better financially. Or maybe I need to stop focusing so much on this other career path just a little bit so I can still have some great income coming in so I can still support that venture, that other venture that way, you know? So I, I think that's the big thing there is people like 
I have lots of friends on social media who always sit, you know, put out certain statements, posts or comments or memes talking about, you know, you know, right now my, you know, my wage is supporting the lazy by people, you know, choosing to be on, a, on unemployment as opposed to getting a job. You know, okay. In theory, I get that. But just like I was, we were saying, talking about the vaccine uh, previously in regards to whether you should get it or not. Like, like I was saying about that, you got to do what's best for you, your situation and your household, you know, and whatever that may be. And if staying on unemployment, even if you feel, feel guilty about it, and I've, I've known people who have uh, who are on unemployment or were on it recently who feel guilty about being on it, but they said, well, Jason, it doesn't make sense to me to go back out and get a job that's paying me less than what I'm getting on unemployment because while I'm, I'm on unemployment, I'm actually you know seeking out an opportunity for me that I actually might enjoy for a career path. So when I do choose to get off this unemployment, it's going towards something I like, something I feel like is going to benefit the world or the country or just benefit the community, whatever it may be. I know a couple of people like that. They're looking for better career path opportunities that to better themselves and their family's lives because they couldn't do it before for whatever reason. But now they have the time and opportunity to do it and they're being financially supported with unemployment that they've that they've that they've earned and deserved like any other individual who gets on unemployment. So I, so I almost want to say to some people who again trying to control my mouth here because I feel like one of us need to maintain some decorum when it comes to what we say and how we say it. But but um but who are you to tell somebody else what they should or shouldn't do when it comes to their finances or how they should live their lives to better themselves when it comes to those finances? Now, again, if there are those people who are just totally abusing any sort of assistance, whether it be unemployment, welfare, whatever the hell it is, you know, people got to do what's best for them and them, themselves. Now, I, I don't want people, again, abusing stuff. I mean, those people, yeah, those people need to be outed and, you know, whatever. But people really need to do this stuff. And, and again, they're getting what's deserved to them. Because usually if you're on unemployment, it's for a reason. They don't, don't, they don't give anyone unemployment. You know, that's the reason why they review everything. And if they feel like you're not deserving of it, they're not, they're not, you're not going to get it. So if you're getting it, it's, it's for a reason. Okay? So no offense to Burger King or, or the Holiday Inn or, you know, your local bus company, but like you were saying, that one uh, trucking or bus company owner was saying is that we had to lay out, uh, you know, a compensation package that's going to draw people into us. That's even and that's even after all this unemployment assistance, this extra unemployment assistance is over, because if somebody's making three hundred bucks a week and they can survive off of that based off whatever they have saved, guess what? They're still going to keep doing it because it's better than going to work. You know. At you know, again, I can't hate to keep knocking the food service industry, but it's better than going to work at you know McDonald's down the street, where like I said, you're running the risk of getting COVID. You know, you're dealing with the public. I mean, you, you know, can run the risk of getting you know, COVID doing anything. I mean, that's I, I know, but what I was saying is that's one of the reasons why I think people are staying away because right now, if you like I said, if you're getting six hundred bucks a week, and if COVID is a real concern for you, guess what? Now you have six hundred bucks, six hundred reasons every week to not potentially go back to work at certain places at least. So so what I'm saying is not everybody wants to be dealing with that situation, no matter where it is, whether it be food service, retail, where, wherever it is. But I'm saying that, that that some people did, you know, again, from what I've been told by individuals directly, that's one reason why they haven't been as out there going to work at certain places, dealing with the public where they're around people. 
And I've known people that 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 they weren't getting on they weren't on, on uh, unemployment. But I have been told by people that they turned down jobs because they had to be around people in an office. They didn't have the option to work from home, so they turned it down. So so yeah, definitely it's a real fear for people that they don't have to deal with that right now. They don't have to because you know just from that point of it, we're moving to a society where we're working from home is totally possible. So they were looking for employers to actually offer that, that option. So, so yeah, so, I, you know, so long story short, if we can say that at this point still, I just think that extra money from unemployment is really the stem of why some of these industries are having shortages and employers, while this stuff's going on in, in certain states are going to have to deal with that when it comes to how to make it more, you know, appealing for somebody to come work for you, whether on, whether they're getting unemployment or not. Yeah, I think, um, and yeah, I, I don't want to go to quick service restaurant about it. I mean, the same could be said about any retail operations or what have you with small businesses. Um, but yeah, I think if you want things and i and i hate this fucking saying but i'm gonna say it when people say well we want to get get things back to normal well for some people their normal was some bullshit and if you start to get at the heart of that then you might actually understand oh well here's how i actually get people to stay with my company for more than six months anyone who's ever recruited um, and or had to like pay like a recruiter to get talent in knows how fucking expensive it is to onboard people anyway. So imagine if you hired the right people at the right time and they stay, you know, and they actually end up being a pretty good employee for a long time. So I, th- I think that is not something exclusive to the service industry. I think all industries have to examine that. And, and if you're a prospect who's, you know, potentially looking at changing careers or changing companies, it's like, why the fuck would you do it for peanuts? Well, yeah, I mean, definitely not knocking the service industry uh, industry at all. I've worked in that industry before in multiple different roles. I respect the people that do that because I know the job is hard anything dealing with the public that closely and directly is difficult and it's not always glorious. So definitely if, if you're listening to this and you're in the industry, I feel your pain. I've been there. Keep at it, deal with it. Yeah. So definitely I recognize it's not exclusive to just their industry, but, but yeah, so I definitely agree with you there. Um, I do think again, like I said, once we do start, you know, like you said, getting back to normal or normal life, um, I think all this stuff will change. I think we'll start, you know, stop seeing as much of the shortages shortages when it comes to these certain industries we see with the now hiring signs or help wanted signs. But, you know, and we're getting back to that. I mean, again, as far as <laughs> whatever normal life may be going forward, whether we were already in it now or it's going to get back to actual normal before COVID, um, I think even these, these industries will start getting back to normal. They won't be short drivers. They won't be short, short cashiers. They won't be short, you know, hospitality staff, things like that. So um, whatever normal is going to be, I, I think we're getting back to it. And I think it'll get here sometime in 2021. Um, normal is here. Man. Well, 
uh, like we always say, what's really normal, but I think what people refer to as normal, whatever your definition may be as an individual, I think we'll get back to that soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I really want is I want companies to stop fucking blaming unemployment because that's such a fucking cop out. Like I want companies to fucking stop doing it. I want people in my community to stop fucking doing it. Actually evaluate what you're saying. If, if I was in a position to apply my talent for X amount of dollars between situation A and situation B, my goal is to make as much money off of that scenario as I can. And if your business model is predicated off of me working for fucking pennies, well, then sounds like you don't have a really successful business model. So my thoughts on that. Jay, you good? Terrence, you know I'm always good, buddy. Fantastic. All right. That concludes uh, segment three. We'll go ahead and come back with our final thoughts on Cal Park Rose. the show episode seven of cal park bros we'll probably name this one something crazy like ratchet recovery or something zany like that um jason uh thank you for another another awesome spirited discussion on a variety of topics um and we didn't even talk about um that teenager uh uh basically given uh that bear the marshawn lynch treatment Oh, dude, that video has trended so fast. And I, I, I certainly get it. I saw the video. It made me laugh. I'm like, what is going on here? A bear in someone's back, somebody's backyard? Now, I have no clue where that where that was, but it was completely impressive to see who I thought was an actual grown woman pushing that bear off a wall in an attempt to save her dogs. Uh, now, of course, we know now that that was apparently a teenage a teenage girl. So... But one cool thing about that video is if you look at it from all sides of the, of the uh, video, it was all about protection. The bear was trying to protect the its kids, its cubs. The dogs were trying to protect their their property, their yard, what they consider their, you know, their home. And the teenage girl was trying to protect her dogs. So it was pretty, pretty funny. But I do have a question for you. Do you think any of your kids would push a bear off a wall to protect your dog? I think my kids would talk a lot of shit and say they would, and then they would do the best Black Panther I never freeze of all time. Well, you know we have to test that, so we got to find some way to uh, find a bear and put it on your back fence with the, with your kids home and see what they do, and, and make sure Duchess is in the backyard and see what happens. Well, if you see me fighting a grizzly bear, help the bear! 
I, I, folks, I think that was Terrence's attempt at, you know, mimicking uh, the mystical video when it comes to that bear. Um, if you if you haven't seen that video of mystical doing his freestyle rap about that bear, definitely check it out. And that was actually Terrence's imitation of that. Uh, I'm not going to go into how poor or good that actually was, um, but that was his attempt, and I applaud him for that at least. Oh, geez. Well, again, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Cal Park Bros podcast. Again, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter uh, under the handle Cal Park Bros. You can also email us at calparkbros at gmail.com for podcast feedback or ideas that you'd like us to talk about on the show. So, And also, please go to our Facebook page, and there's a pin post at the very top. You're going to hear examples of people sending us voice messages, uh, voice messages that we you know, actually played on the episodes. And if you think you can do the same thing or something similar or make it your own or make it more fun, go to that link at that pin post on top of our Facebook page. And there's a link there to where you can send us that voice message. And you, you just might hear your voice on the Cal Park Bros podcast. Would that not be pretty cool? You know it would be. But with that in mind, when it comes to social media... I got to throw the line out and you should know by now, but if you don't listen up, cause about to, you're about to hear it again. Make sure you like us, love us, follow us and share us. Cause if you like us, why wouldn't you? You reversed the last two, by the way. <laughs> See, I know that I did that on purpose. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> actually, actually, actually I did. Sir. Fine. Fine. I'll, I'll, fine. Okay. Fine. I'll, I'll say it again. Make sure you like us, love us, share us and follow us. Because if you like us, why wouldn't you? So, Terrence, there you go. I said it the correct way. Even though it's my line, does I can say it how I want. But there you go. To make everybody happy, including Terrence particularly, there you go. I mean, if if you think I'm an asshole when it comes to the podcast, imagine living with me. Thank the Lord for Christy because somebody had to do it. And I, I, I thank, thank the Lord that... For making Christy, because I think that's the one thing I will give Christy credit for, that, that she, well, number one, she took pity enough on you to actually marry you, number one. And then two, um, yeah, she deals with your a-hole type personality on a 24-7 basis. So kudos to that woman. Kudos to you, Christy. Well, I'm going to tell you the same thing I would tell Christy. I specialize in opinions that people don't like. Yeah, yeah. We'll let that be your catchphrase, there, buddy. It's a pretty good one for you, and 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 it's pretty true. So there you go. You should probably put it in the trailer. We 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 just we maybe could do that. We'll we'll see. You know, now that we've established that it is like us, love us, share us, follow us. (laughs) Yeah, I established that. Thank you. Or or. Ladies love small Franks. Um, <laughs> no, whatever. No, no, that's the line you say. Every, that's the line you say every day we look in the mirror. Okay, there you go. <laughs> oh shit! Hey man, whatever acronym helps you actually remember the fucking thing, do it. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. This is Cal Park Bros Podcast signing off. Peace out, y'all.
There it is. Episode seven, man. Good stuff, man. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?